Welcome to the Life in 20 podcast, where you will learn something from everyone you meet in 20 action-packed minutes. Now, let's get lit with your hosts, Paul, Carson, and McCoy LeBlanc. Chad Biggs. What's up? Thank you so much for jumping on the Life in 20 podcast. I hope things are well. I trust things are well. Yeah, no complaints. No complaints. So we like to dive right in. And we saw in the bio, VP partner at Red Sky. Now, kids, if I was to tell you that that one of his primary responsibilities for Chad is to help connect organizations to their target audience, what kind of industry do you think he's in? I do not have an answer. You have an answer? I do not. Oh, you're not. You do not either. Chad, this is why we have a podcast. Yeah. And this is why we yeah, bring on guests fair. like you to help in, enlighten yeah. the younger generation. Why don't you take sure. us through your journey, how you got to where you're at, and why you got into the field you're in, and, and maybe enlighten these folks. Sure. All right. So I'll take the career unless you really want to go into the nitty gritty of where I was before you and I were in college together. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we don't need to go down that path. So that's a whole separate uh, podcast. Adults only. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. um, oh my God. So in high school, I kind of realized that in like English classes that, that I had a, a gift for writing that it just came a little bit easier for me than, than some other folks, just being able to write reports or, you know, write essays in English or whatever. So. In college, that's kind of where I wanted to go. I went down kind of the communications path. Well, Washington State has a really good communications school, but being a typical college lunkhead, I moved from there to the English side of, of the house and just figured I could read the classics to, in order to learn how to write, you know, you should read the best writers out there. So that's, that was kind of the path that I went, went and got a English degree, always, always was kind of second guessing whether I should have done more in the Murrow College communication there. And it's kind of funny, full circle, our, my agency still does a little bit of support with them. So they have an annual event and usually the last couple of years, two of the last three years, we've been one of their supporters. So, so I guess jumping ahead from that, it was a bit of a wandering path for me after college. Did a little bit of retail, worked at a credit union, then eventually my wife moved to Boise and worked at Albertson's corporate headquarters and worked my way into a communications role there. So that took, it took a little bit of, of a path to get to that point. Yeah. You know, I was late in my twenties at that point, but it always just wanted to be paid to write. And, and so at Albertson's that was, I was in internal communications, so I was writing a script for a CEO for him to do a video broadcast or writing newsletters that went out to, you know, people at the stores to understand kind of what, what was going on in the industry, what types of promotions were happening, you know, things for them to be aware of and just kind of understanding how the company worked and then also profiling people there. So we had, for example, we had a, an internal, what we called own brands. So. You think of people in lab coats, you know, kind of making products. We actually had that. So these, these people were actually formulating products that were like the, the Albertsons brand or whatever that might be. That's, you know, granola bars to laundry detergent, everything in between. So, 
So I'd like profile them for an example for a newsletter. And then eventually my job, there's plenty of lessons learned from the corporate side. My company got acquired. I would have had to move to Minnesota, decided not to go down that path and then jump to the agency side of things. So a different PR agency than where I'm at now. So PR, public relations, basically you are helping companies get their stories told through the media at that point. So just trying to come up with storylines that would be of interest for a journalist and a TV station or a newspaper to talk about, you know, whatever may be happening. What year was um, this about, Chad? Sure. So, sorry, 2004, 2006 was Albertsons. Okay. 2006 through 2000, well, 2007, 2008 was at this initial PR agency. It's convoluted after that. I actually went back and freelanced for Albertsons for a year and then wow. started at another company called Red Sky and then worked my way up there. So what was cool about that, the agency life is you have, instead of, you know, Albertsons, I was only there for a couple of years, but you kind of write about the same stuff, right? Groceries, not the most scintillating <laughs> industry. You could write about a can of corn only so many times, right? Like, you know, that's, it gets to be a snoozer. So, but with the agency and the agency, you have multiple clients. So I have, you know, I have a client that is kind of has clean energy batteries, other, gosh, variety. We, we have Idaho tourism as a client. So to attract people to come to Idaho and have their vacations and bring their families and that type of stuff. We've, I mean, kind of everybody in this, we've worked for all the large employers in, in Boise over the 15 years we've been around. But the long answer to the first question, so I'll try to keep them tighter. No, 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 that's good. That, go. that, that's usually how it goes here. That's the first, the first introductory one's always the longest. A couple follow-ups. So sure. most of the content that you're creating today, is it for websites? Is it, is it blogs or is it still kind of marketing material and, and social posts yeah. or combo? Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, all of the above. So public relations, really, we, when Red Sky was started, and I was not a founder, but when Red Sky was started, it was, it was meant to be, there weren't many agencies that were purely public relations here, which were basically working with media to tell the story, right? So you're always working through that intermediary. In Boise, because it was a smaller market and because of the time frame. So you think of 2008-ish, Yeah, that's when social media really started to take hold. That's when blogs started to take hold around that time frame. So it became more of, we, we expanded beyond just PR. It was marketing, it was content or it is, but you also, instead of having to rely on somebody else to tell your story, you had your own channels. You could build your own channels, mm. promote them through social, have your own blog, promote it through social. People were getting information in, in a variety of ways. They weren't relying on media as kind of that core audience, how you, how you bridge to your audience. Yeah. So, so okay. yeah, it's been, it's been a fascinating ride. So one more question on the yeah. intro before we turn it over to the kids here, but the yeah going to red sky small were you yep. nerves like you know i think a lot of us you know you think about risks that you take through your journey that to me yeah. going from corporate life to a smaller agency seems like you know high risk high reward type thing and 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 maybe just talk through how, what went into the decision making process and you know was it nerves for you sure. and the family or how did you feel then definitely nerves i mean i was i was giving up you know my wife, it was just my wife and I at the time, we didn't, 
we didn't necessarily want to make the move to Minnesota. It was weird because, you know, we moved to Boise for a little bit more stability from, from Seattle and, yep. and both of our companies got sold within like six months of each other. Wow. My job migrated, you know, I kind of held on for a while, but just ultimately did not. It came to my job moving to a different state. So the first place I landed, it was, that was a bit of a challenge because it was freelance at that point. So you know, no benefits. It was me trying to get a feel for a totally different. So I was internal communication. It was easy. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's easy. You get to control the message. You know, there's, there's nobody you have to rely on to get the message out except for you and going through whatever process it is internally to get, you know, something published in the newsletter on a website, whatever. With media, you are basically doing a sales pitch to the most skeptical audience on the planet, right? Like there are there are now more PR people, probably two to three times many more PR people than there are journalists. Wow. And so now even more so, you know, they're skeptical. They're, they know that you want to get your story told in a certain way, and they may not be interested in telling it that way. Or they may think it's, it's you're spinning just pure BS, you know, or they may be curious on something else that they've heard about your company that is a little bit more scandalous or, you know, has... Mm -hmm more interest for their audience because there is a conflict of some sort. And that's what journalists are, you know, more or less trained to look for are, are conflicts, trying to show both sides or multiple sides of the story. Right. So yeah. So pitching to that audience, getting on the phone and trying yeah. to, I'm not, I'm not a salesperson. Yeah. So trying to sell a story to that audience was a bit of a lead for me. Yeah. What, what, what a great experience. I'm sure. All right. Carson, start us off. Who is someone in your life that you look up to? Sure. Well, my dad has passed, obviously looked up to him, but, but he and my mom were some of the hardest workers I've ever known. They had a variety of careers, but they, the last thing they, they did was they franchised a couple of 7-Elevens in Seattle in <laughs> Ballard and, and North Seattle. And they worked tirelessly, you know, with a 24 hour store, 24 hour stores, Wow, literally like the, the going away party when we moved from Seattle to Boise, some, one of their customers drove through the front of their uh, store. And so one of them had to go deal with that, you know, people getting arrested on shift that could go on and on, you know? So my lesson was, I don't want to ever run a 24 hour anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> and retail is, is a mixed bag. So do think of all the factors that go into the job yeah. is my recommendation. Yeah. And, and looking up to, to folks that, that have been through that and providing for the yeah. family, that's a tough, that's a tough line of work, but there's yeah. a lot, lot for us to learn from that. Yeah. And I've had some great, you know, mentors, you know, at Albertson's, Sue Newman was a VP of communications there. She was awesome. Kept things light, but was super, super talented and just able to, you know, edit your, your stuff just perfectly, like without yeah. even thinking about it, super talented. And then our our CEO and, and founder at Red Sky, Jess Flynn, is one of the most amazing public speakers and just has a very just amazing mind. So those would kind of be the the folks. And obviously my family inspires me in different ways as well. Yeah. All of them. That's awesome. Quite. What is like the starting salary for someone in your profession? Sure. It would it certainly varies. I'm sure you get this answer a lot. It, yep. it varies by the industry that you're in, the market that you're in, you know, I would say 
45 to 60 depends on, you know, again, a lot of factors there it could get probably even upward there if you were in more of the, the tech funnel or in, you know, a, a larger market. But then over time, obviously that, that can build up depending again, totally on the, the industry and the role. So the larger the company, the, the better the salary typically. And there's limited roles too. Like in Boise, it's, I, I've been, I've been here almost, almost 20 years. And so, you know, I could tell you every communication role in this, in the Valley here, but in Seattle, bigger cities, there's, there's more to choose from there. Okay. Chad, so we'll just, I'm, I want to sneak in a question. I don't mean to hog the, the thing here, but <laughs> when I ask Chad this, so we, we were talking about your folks, your, your dad's past, what they did kind yeah. of, and things that you learned. What is one characteristic that you learned from your parents that you want to pass down to your kid? Sure. Certainly that, you know, you need to work hard and, you know, you need to, you need to be reliable, you know, that, that, that's something that's, you know, before you out of the door, you know, that their, their hard work is just, is critical, you know, it, it reflects on you, but it also sets the tone for how people perceive you, right? Like that's, it's critical. The other thing I would say is, you know, they were there every day working hard. Yeah. Just finding ways to work smarter too. That doesn't mean that you need to put in, you know, 60 hour weeks. I think that's something I've learned over my career that you can be more efficient and effective. And that's not a bad thing. It's not about just hitting a notch in terms of hours or having a, a checklist of, of things that you need to do. It's, it's about finding opportunities to work smarter. Yep. Good stuff. Carson. What is the best advice that you've received? So it's, it's interesting. I, I saw this, I saw that question and I was trying to think of, okay, is there, is there a person who said something to me, you know, that, that stuck, but I think, so there's a variety of ways that I've heard this and ultimately there's, there's a learning opportunity in everything. This is basically the takeaway. So way back when, when there was Elliot Bay books in downtown Seattle, author of Fight Club spoke there and he was talking about how. He, he was always listening to conversations, interacting with different people, you know, throughout his whole writing career and trying to find ways to integrate those into stories. Right. So he had one anecdote about these, these, these carpet cleaners who he thought he was going to get nothing out of, but then they just kind of started talking about, you know, all the different ways you get like different stains out, like, you know, so he could add it into a more kind of riveting story, like, you know, how you get blood stains out or whatever. But I've heard this in a, in a variety of ways. There's a, a book called Growth Mindset, kind of a philosophy that, you know, just being a lifelong learner, that there's, there's a difference between a fixed mindset when you think you know everything in the world and nothing changes in your mind. And then there's the growth mindset, which is that you can continue to learn, continue to expand. You know, your opinion five years from today is going to be different on certain things. It's just knowing that knowledge comes and it evolves and that you continue to evolve, you know, otherwise it's a pretty boring ride. If you think, you know, everything. Great answer. And we'll link that in the, in the show notes to that book that he mentioned. McCoy. Yeah. What do you think is your biggest regret? You know, I, I shifted from journalism to English because I had the premise that I was going to write the great American novel. So that that being able to write the a novel or get a movie on it's funny, Paul, there's Boyle and Noel and I yeah. are 
have been working on a, on a screenplay. Oh, that's awesome. Um, randomly. So I don't know if that'll ever see the, the light of day, but it's an interesting thing. that I The journey sometimes. About. It's the journey yeah. sometimes. So never say never, right? I yep. mean, you, there's, you may have regrets earlier in life, but you might be able to find opportunities down the road to, to change, to, to do them, to achieve them. That's awesome. Uh, yep. Keep those, keep those dreams alive. So, so Chad, we talk a lot on the podcast. Sorry about that. About simplifying life for these guys at this age. And we talked sure. about these five core domains, right? Mm-hmm. Your health, your home life, your work, your relationships, your finances. And, and if you think about those five, right, there's always work we, we're doing all the time to improve those some more than others. And as you, yeah. as your journey, you know, moves through life, it changes, right? If, if you were to assess your current situation, what kind of life score do you give yourself at this point in your life? Sure. And that's out of a hundred, right? Yes, sir. We make yeah, it easy okay. here just so we can, yeah. it goes right into yeah. the percentage. I mean, I, you know, maybe there's a cop out, but I'll go with the strong 85, say that there's room for improvements in, in most areas. Right. But yeah, I'd probably rank kind of, I mean can always lose a little bit of weight. So I'll keep health, like, you know, a modest 15 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, home relationships, I think are probably stronger and, and the rest, you know, there's opportunities to, to improve all the time. Yeah. yeah. I think we get that, you know, quite a bit. There's always room for improvement. We've never had a perfect score, which is great. Yeah. And, and we've had ranges, right? We've had ranges from early on in their career where they thought they were or early on in their marriage or before marriage to now. And, you know, you talked about all those influencers in your life and how important they all play to make you who you yeah. are. So important to be surrounded by by people that are supportive and what what your dreams, your goals are, and, and how you can help them. Yeah. So, yeah. Carson, we we've. I know that clock says one minute. I may go a little over because uh, I'm having too much of a good time here. Carson, keep going. If you could say something to your younger self, what would you tell? I would say you're right about geology. It never mattered in your life. <laughs> That's how I think about a lot of things. That's cool. Hey, That's we're, we're right now we're trying to get a couple of grades up around here. Sometimes, so don't don't give them that hint. Sometimes you got to validate yourself later yeah. on, right? I've I never found that. a use for geology. <laughs> That's, That's really good. Mm-hmm. Love that one. McCoy, what you got? Do you have any plans on retirement? Like what are you going to do after retirement? And what age? When oh, do we yeah, think you're getting out? Sure, man. I think I need to develop a couple side hustles to get there a little bit quicker. But, yeah. you know, I, I guess I'm probably still aiming 60s, you know, around that time. But I feel like everybody I know who's retired, there's they're still kind of dinking around with something, right? Like maybe it's something with, that they're doing and just do a little bit of consulting or doing something a little bit different, you know, volunteering or whatever. So I'm, I'm on two different boards that are kind of related both to, to things that my kids have been doing. So I would probably do kind of continue down the, the philanthropic path and find some volunteer opportunities to, to contribute here in my community. I know yeah. this, this is the life of 20 podcast and our timer's out, and, but this time it's going to have to be like the life in 22 podcast. Chad, I have one more for you. It's a little deep, but, and you could combine maybe these two into, into, into one answer here, but. When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want the biggest thing sure. that you've given to humanity to be? Sure. Well, and we talked about, you know, the life score. And to me, it's relationships, right? We, we talked before we kick things off just about, you know, the, the bond that we have, you know, 
20 near 30 years <laughs> later, yeah. you know, and it doesn't take any long, it doesn't take any time to pick back up and That's right. and have that sort of memories coming back and all that. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, when my, when my time is over, people are reflecting, I just want people to remember, you know, a good moment with, with me, you know, that, you know, that I contributed in some way, making them laugh or, you know, uplifting them at some, some level. I, I mean, I think you're kind of the sum of your relationships and, you know, hopefully I've contributed to those that I've interacted with over, over the course of my life. That to me is success. I don't need, you know, it's not, not a monetary or fiscal goal. It's just about having good times with, with those I love. Man, yeah. I can't think of a better place to leave it right there. Mm -hmm. That's a, a mic drop moment. Our longest podcast ever. And I'm glad I <laughs> snuck that snuck that question in, young man, because nice. I'm telling you, I've been the lucky one that, that has shared some of those good memories with you. <laughs> so Dude, I love you, pal. We're going to sign off now. Love you, man. All right. We'll see you. Love you, too. See you, Chad. Thank you all. Bye. Have a good night. That was awesome. Appreciate you hanging in to the end. If you guys found this helpful or enjoyed this conversation, be sure to follow the show on whatever podcast application you use. New episodes release one to two times each week, and we love to have you as a regular listener. If you learned something new, found value in the show, or key takeaways that could benefit others, please share with your network. And if you could please leave a review, that would be greatly appreciated as it helps others find the Life in 20 podcast. Okay, with that, we'll catch you on the next episode.